Hi, this is Hannah. And this is Barbie, Hannah's mom. And we, we saved, saved you a spot. spot. It's your turn. Okay. <laughs> I'm so sorry, everyone. Hey I'm not here right now. We just worked out and we are very tired. Um, it's a 107 degree um, heat index. Wait, right don't talk now. about heat index. Mark said that that's like a liberal lie. Oh. Because it's all about feelings. It's a feels like temperature. Okay, no, no. It's <laughs> the actual temperature was like 97. And I'm sweating, so. I'm sweating. And we worked out. We do um, this cool thing that makes your body hurt called functional fitness. And we do it outside. And we do it outside. And our trainer, she's mm, like 58 years old and she looks like she's 25 and she's all ripped and has cut arms and... She tells us, oh, it's okay. Don't worry about it. Just She says, this is the best. ninth time that I've sweated today. Yeah, and I've only changed my clothes four times today. And it's like, okay, well, you're fit and we're not. <laughs> you're thin and I'm sluggish. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so we decided to do our podcast after we worked out today. Tell why we had to do that, Mom. Why did we do that? Oh, I don't, because we I had, don't actually know why oh, yeah, we did I that. I just said okay. <laughs> because we had Mario's birthday yesterday. Yeah. And we couldn't um we couldn't work we couldn't work out yet. Well, you did work out yesterday, right? I did work out yesterday. I, I couldn't because I did have to go home, but then I couldn't go home because the internet was down at the station. So then I was at the station until 6.30 last night. Oh, gosh. Uh, so yeah. that that's why I couldn't work out with Miss Tracy yesterday, and I would have worked out with her Thursday, but she's not in town, and then <sighs> we have to record a podcast on Thursday with Mario. We're doing a lot this week. It's a lot of fun. What? How are you guys? We're, they we're can't rambling. respond. Yeah, respond to us on the Spotify comment if you listen on Spotify. I'll have a little like Q&A be like, how was your week? Or like, tell me something fun. Yeah, but then we have to read. We should read them. I do. I like the them. We should read them on when we do the next podcast. Oh, we can do that. Would that be fun? Well, that'll be a problem. It'll have to be like two podcasts from now because the next podcast we're actually recording. We're pre-recording okay. tomorrow. Okay, we can do that. But uh, anyway, so yeah. We um, had a fun time working out. We're dying. And we pay to do this. I don't know why we pay to do this. I could just walk and say I'm fit. Because I bought this fitness tracker on the I, Amazon Prime Days. Yes. What? I'm very jealous of that fitness tracker. I think it's really cool. I bought you one for your birthday. I know. Well, well I actually, yeah, you're a liar. You bought that for Mario. He said, I really don't want this. I don't, I don't like all this technology. I have enough technology I have in my a question. job. This is my 38-year-old son. Somebody's going to really get mad at me for asking this question, but guys, Know that I'm like 90% joking. What are you going to say? I don't typically keep score, but I want to know. <laughs> if if you hadn't given Mario $50 and this like tracker thing, uh-huh. would you on my birthday, because now you have to give me both $50 and the tracker thing. Because, I, don't, I don't have to do squat. <laughs> no, you don't have to do squat. <laughs> but like, I mean, like, you know, you want to seem fair. So like, I assume that's what you would, you'll do. But if you're planning on giving it to me all along, I'm gonna give you some used makeup. No, mom, listen, I'm being genuine. <laughs> okay. Well, if if you, if you were planning to give it to me all along, would you just give me the tracker, and that's it? Can I get away with that? No, not now. Hey, I bought him two ice cream cakes, and those were forty three dollars for two ice In cream. In total, cakes. they were tiny. Really? Yeah, ice cream. Yeah. Okay. Wait, up. you're kind of going really all good. out on my brother. And what's what's in it for me, mom? <laughs> I don't know. I'll think. Yeah, you know what? I secretly bought you some maternity dresses, and Dad oh. doesn't even know it. Well, so. he's gonna hear. 
Well, he listens late at night and he usually has a beer before he listens. So that doesn't mean he's like blacking out. <laughs> Maybe it won't mean too much. Um, yeah. No, it no all I'm comes totally out giving even. you, I, mom, I, I really don't keep score. I was just, this was like a, a curiosity do you, question. Do any of your siblings, because I have the four of them uh-huh. and we are very, very blended. Okay. But I don't think Vicky and Liz listen to our podcast. Actually, Mario doesn't listen. Jana listens. Jana, I love you. Yep. <laughs> Jana is your sister she on said, the other side of the family. You're the one I love. Um, but uh, yeah, I think there's some scorekeeping, but I'm not sure how much. But when we die, no, that's when the we scorekeeping genu- will really kick in. I don't think so. Um, no, we. I don't think we really keep track. I was I told, Mom, not. wait, people are going to hate me for this. I was totally kidding because I so do not care. I know. But- because I already know I'm the favorite. So like, oh Lord, have mercy. It's okay. okay. Nobody else has a podcast with you. <laughs> well, nobody else will do it. I asked. That's but, true. Um, okay, sorry. This you is have for things my on your grandchildren. Agenda. You know, they're going to listen to this someday, what am I, and they're going to say, "Grandma, what was my mom like?" And they'll really like it though, because they'll be listening to this when they're like 20. They're going to say, "Grandma, what was my mom like?" Are you going to be alive and I'm going to be dead? No. Oh Lord, no. That would be really bad because then I would have to take care of them and help Casey and he would say, no, they don't have to wear a braid every day. Also, one of your grandchildren is already here. So you have to see this. She's leaning back in the chair and with her belly sticking out. But I'm pushing it out. Yeah. It was so cute. Did you feel it move earlier? We had a family birthday party last night. Oh my gosh. And Mario is um, 38. 38 now. And there were the three little... Uh, nieces and nephew and they were all trying to feel the baby move because Hannah's little baby was moving. No, the littlest didn't try and feel. Didn't oh she didn't? I don't think Emily Dom did. Dom was really all but about it. But Dom was really he's, all about it. He's four. Yeah, he's four and he um he was really excited. He goes, I want to feel. I want to feel. And I said, Did you feel it? He goes, Is it the hard thing? And I said, Yeah. Well they call it a cousin. We yeah. were getting another cousin. And then he kissed my belly and I just, that, I think that's the sweetest. Yeah, he's one of those little rough and tumble boys and he's got such a sweet oh, yeah. little heart. He's such a little like, like roughhouser, but he's so tender. Yep. Um, okay. Sorry. You have so much on your agenda and guess what, mom? I didn't prepare at all today. I tried so hard. All I learned about guys, spoiler alert. We're going to talk about Louis Armstrong later. All I learned is he worked for a Jewish family and they treated him really nicely. Okay, well, I think he's super interesting and I'll tell you why I'm interested in him in a little bit. But some of you may wonder, what is this podcast and why did they do it? Okay. We're a mother and daughter. We're very close. Um, she's the baby of four and mm-hmm. we like to share what we're thinking about and we think we have common sense. We hope we do and we really like each other. So... You get whatever we have going on in our life. It's 100% genuine. It's 100% I have really bad heartburn right now. <laughs> I'm sorry. You'll be fine. Okay. Um, so the family was, uh, we're going to talk about some family stuff first, and then we have a few little political things. Great. And then we have Louis Armstrong for a reason. Here's the thing, mom. Yes. We can't be going like over an hour today. No, we're not going over an Your hour. Your girl's going to die. <laughs> You're not going to die. Okay. So the family was over. At the house on Sunday, and they're planning your baby shower. Yeah. So, Do I get to know any spoilers? Because Huli said she would tell me stuff if I wanted to know. Mm, yeah, but I can't. I'm providing the house. They're throwing the shower. So I'm you can't tell me? I'm providing some food, some money, and a clean house. They're doing everything else. So I heard there's no ice cream bar. Well, they asked you if you want an ice cream bar, and you said no. Well, I didn't say no. They said if you say you don't care, we're not having it. I said, okay, I don't okay, care. Yeah, they're, they're doing cool stuff. It's really going to be neat. Are they doing the baby food game? 
Yes, you were very adamant that you wanted the I baby. I just think it's such a... But they're not doing the baby, the, poo, the diaper, the, the Snickers bar in the diaper thing. I know. Because they think that's disgusting. For those of you who don't fun. know, there's some, some people that might not know what that is. Could you please explain the Snickers in the baby diaper I don't diaper fully thing? remember what it is, but... You get, I say, oh, no, it's not a Snickers. It's different chocolate bars in diapers, and then you're supposed to eat it out of the diaper. It's supposed to look like poop. Um... And <laughs> it's true. And then you're supposed to identify what kind of chocolate bar it is. I think like people play against each other, like two people. Yeah. And whoever gets the most candy. I think right it's such a, a funny game. It's and everyone else is like, that's putrid. It kind of is. I remember after I had Mario, I was a size 17 pants. And Th- does that exist? I thought they're even numbers. Well, it existed back in 1985. Okay. And, um, he pooed and it all ran down the front of me and on those size 17 pants. And I'd sworn that I wasn't going to get more than one pair. I just washed them every night because who would buy that size of pants and plan on staying there? Right. And I had to go somewhere. And so I cleaned it as best I could. And it was very sad. So anyway, um, yeah, that's the game. We're not playing at your shower. I did. However, did you buy anything on prime day? No, I did. I brought that, bought that fitness tracker for, for me. You. But so okay, and hold for, your horses. For Dad and for me, we all you bought. One. You bought that for Mario. Well, now it's for you. Yeah, but like, what the heck? I obviously Casey said I can't have it, but here's the thing. Why did he say you can't have it? No, he said that the other night. Remember? Why? Because he's like, I just found your Apple Watch. Like you have that, and I was like, that Apple Watch is like six years old. It needs updates. And it, and that update, like it won't update. Remember, I tried to update it for like three days. Yeah, but let me tell you how cool this is. I so, know that's why I'm so excited. This I can, can I wear it for a little bit? Yeah, I no, because it'll think no, it'll mess up my. It reports to my phone, and I don't want your. I'll information. give you good blood pressure. Okay, fine. Anyway. <laughs> It was $25, regularly like $39, and it pairs with my phone, and it keeps track of all of my steps. So my goal is to get 10,000 steps a day, and it keeps Which track way of I- my sleep and how much good sleep I have, heavy sleep or light sleep, um, my blood pressure, which is concerning because it actually is kind of high sometimes. Which is weird because you have typically pretty low blood pressure. I'm super healthy. I'm, I'm fairly— I'm Is this not- tight enough? Yeah, that's tight enough. She's putting it on her arm right now. And if it's tight, then it can read you. So you don't want it to be too loose. Right. That's why I'm, I just made it lo- tighter. It, but it keeps track of your pulse and your sleep and your blood pressure. How do you see it in real time? Um, you tap on this part. Anyway, it's from Amazon. It's pretty cool. And that was cheap. So that's what that was our splurge uh, during Amazon Prime Week. Um, I want to ask you a question. What up? You have some cool friends, and they just bought 200 acres. 220 acres. Oh, my gosh. Out in the Yuli area? No, in Callahan. Callahan. So uh, that's kind of a farmy area it's of kind the of, Jacksonville area? Yeah, it's kind of a farmy area, and it's like on that. Um, my my heart rate's at 66 beats per minute. Okay. Talk more. Um, anyway, so no, it's on the Callahan Duval, or so like Callahan Jacksonville county line. Mm-hmm. Not county line. The line. It's... It's between Callahan and Jacksonville, and it's pretty cool. And why'd they buy so much property? I mean, how cool is that? Um, I don't know. Do do um, Are they going to build a house on it? Or Yeah, so there's a house that already exists there, but um, they are going to, they're going to they're gonna eventually build a home there, but they're going to try and host weddings there. They're going to have livestock. 
there yeah it's really would you quit looking at that watch she's looking at the watch and she's not paying attention to what she's saying so if she's boring it's because she's not paying attention no i'm trying to i'm so sorry this is a really (laughs) cool watch i just don't know where you see your blood pressure okay i'll show you when you get done it's all (laughs) reporting to my watch pay attention okay um yeah so it's cool they have a side by side we had a bonfire there the other night um so how many people came was it just the four just the four of us it was the two couples um and there's actually another house on the property so they're living in the modular home Okay. Not modular. Um, yeah, it's a modular home. Okay. It's not a trailer. It's factory built. It's a factory built, yeah. Okay. Sorry. Um, and so they're living there. They just replaced the floors. It looks really good. Um, Didn't Casey help replace the floors? I thought he was going no? to, but I think he ended. they ended up getting someone, oh, like cool. a real professional. Mm-hmm. Not that Casey's not capable, but they're also busy. Right. Um, so that's what they did. And then they're going to- They bought a whole bunch of chickens. Yeah. I don't know if we're supposed to talk about Oh, okay. Well, the chickens are not alive anymore. Because there's a dog. Like 68 of them. Okay. We don't know. All right. So we don't know about that. Okay. Moving on. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway, but they're, um, Alexa's going to get a horse. Oh, fun. Yeah. And um, I think they're going to get some cows. Casey had asked Will if we could um, get a cow and keep it there. And I think we're allowed Are you going to learn how to milk a cow? I've milked a cow before. That was in fourth grade. Fifth, fourth grade. Third or fourth? No, no, no. It was in fifth grade when you guys went. No, because it was, Mrs. I thought it was with Mrs. Belick's class. Yeah, she taught you. Oh, yeah, it was fourth grade. At okay. Pioneer Farms. Yeah, Pioneer Farms. They did this little field trip when she was in the fourth grade. Did you guys spend the night there? We did. And we spent the night in a really, it was either a really old barn or a really old house. But I remember going into the house that had been built in like the early 1800s. And I thought it was just the coolest thing. And we played kick the can. That, you know what? We had a neighborhood growing up. How many of you had this? Neighborhoods when you grew up where you all got together and played games. We had that neighborhood and it was super fun. We played Ollie Ollie Over, Kick the Can, Red Light, Green Light. Yeah, Red Light, Green Light was so fun. It was Red it, Rover, Red Rover. A little bit. That was when we were younger. But usually it was like we do all of our daytime stuff and then we would get together at night. Are we going to play Kick the Can tonight? You know, we'd meet at Lycan's. They had the best house for it, but then we would ruin their sprinkler system and we got in trouble. So we had to switch houses for a while. <laughs> Did you ever play um, capture, the, capture the Flag? Yeah, yeah. We had our neighborhood. We um, also had a fairgrounds. Now it's really sad. Did you notice all the cool places they put fences around? People complain that kids, you know, those young people, they're always causing trouble. Well, you build these cool cool facilities and then you put fences around everything. Yeah. And we met- And it's one thing if it's private property. Yeah, but the schools- But it's like it's county owned or something. Quit putting fences around everything. And whatever excuse they're coming up with, the adults in the community can help manage it. But quit putting fences. We had the old fairgrounds. And when it was off season for the fairgrounds, we would meet, there'd be like 12, 15 of us and we would play fl- um, fly up. You know, Flies up? Mom, we both played that, yeah. yeah. And we'd hit the ball, you know, and whoever caught the ball would get to be the next one up to bat. Wait, I love that. And we okay. played baseball, you know, we would have two teams. And if you got picked to be the catcher, first base, or the pitcher, you were like this, the bee's knees. Yeah. You were the cool one. Did you ever play wall ball? No, I don't know what that is. You don't know what wall ball is? Uh-uh. It was really fun. <laughs> anyway, because I live in Nocatee and... I don't know why. They have the coolest facilities out there. And I'm guessing it's some insurance thing or whatever, but... 
I, do you guys, you guys have like tennis courts out there and stuff. There's tennis courts, there's pickleball courts, but they had this really wonderful field and there's a bandstand out there. And I don't know why, and I haven't checked into it, but no matter what they say, I don't agree because I used to dad coaches right. and we'd be walking at night and we'd see his track kids out there playing a big, a pickup football game. You yeah. know, they just meet and get together and play football game. And it made us so happy. So whatever reason they've come up with, kids need a place to to hang out. And they they like to do good things, but you have to you have to leave. That's them what's hard. Like so it's like the minority, like the one or one percent, like I'm not talking about like money wise, I'm talking about like one percent of people wreck it for everyone else. And it's why they have to put fences up and things like that. Like for instance, the track field. When I was really young, I remember there were never fences around those things. And you, like anyone could essentially like work out on them when it wasn't like school time, you know? No, I, even in um, my small town of Tonino now, I think you can get through. They've made a little, so you can't bring a car in or something. But there's a gate where a human can a get in. A human can get in because we used to go and we'd run. Yeah. And that really bothers me. If, if our taxes are paying for it, if our HOA dues are paying for it, let's make it more accessible to the kids. It really, it bothers me. Yeah, because we had a good time. Growing up was fun. Yeah, but um, is, that, is that a liberal stance for us? No, I think it's common sense. Yeah, I, th- I think we like to think we have common sense. Yeah, no, no, no. I was just curious. I was like, hmm, I, I don't. I don't think that's liberal. Yeah. I, I think taking care of the kids in the community is it makes common sense. Yeah. Speaking of insurance, farmers insurance leaving Florida. We are that's farmers. old news. Yeah. Um, what, did Mark find out what he's going to do or what company he's going with? He Did he tell you he found out he has an insurance agent? No. <laughs> <laughs> so he went to cancel his policy? Yeah. I, I think. I could be wrong, but yeah. this is what I understood. And he thought he was canceling it like with, I guess, a farmer's agent, but apparently it was his agent. Like it was an agency. Oh my goodness. That's Isn't funny. that funny? Yeah. Well, so I have an agent and I love it and he can shop lots of different policies and he's really good. Yeah. And they honestly, they have pretty good customer service because we use the same agency. Mm-hmm. No, I like him. He um, And he told me, gosh, dad hauled kids for so long. But because he gets paid as a high school coach, if he ever had an accident, our, and we, we bought the van specifically so he could haul kids. Right. Quit touching my cancer. Mom, you um, can't say that. You don't actually have cancer. I don't know what it is. But anyway, oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> our insurance agent, he said, you're not covered. If, if your husband has a wreck, you're, you're not covered. I'm not laughing at that. I'm sorry. She's laughing. Here's what's happening. I have this spot on my arm. I've had it for about a year. And I and probably should go to the doctor. It, it looks bad. And I touched it because I, I noticed it was raised. Mm-hmm. But mom refuses to go to the doctor. And then mm-hmm. she said, quit touching my cancer, which is not something you should throw around lightly. But here mom is. Anyway, sorry. Back to your... Um, Anyway, I just wondered if Mark found a different company. I think he did. Because I just don't know who. dropping, all the insurance companies are dropping out of Florida. But here's one thing that's happening with insurance companies. Uh-huh. So people have these, and, and this is a, bothers me too. Okay, so insurance companies pretty much in Florida don't like to insure houses with roofs over 10 years old. Really? That's kind of the word on the street. Okay. But, and if you put a 20-year roof on, it's, really probably, especially not in Florida in this heat and wind and rain going to last 20 years. But they have roofs that they sell as 40-year roofs, 30-year roofs. Yeah. But insurance companies pretty much don't like roofs less than 10 years. But here's what's happening. What about like those roofs that have like the lifetime guarantee? It doesn't matter. 
insurance company and the roof guarantee are very different. And here's the thing with the roof guarantee. If you don't use all of their products, if you don't use an installer that's certified with their company, if you don't use their underlayment, all of their products, okay, there's so many opportunities to get out of um, supporting, supporting, you know, using that warranty on the roof. Yeah. And so anyway, give me that watch. No. She's looking at the watch, you because, guys. No, because my blood pressure is higher than it normally is, but it's probably because I can't have my feet flat on the floor because these chairs are so high. Anyway. Okay. So are you interested in this or are you going to look at your watch? No, I'm really interested. <laughs> Mom, chill. I am interested. Um, but anyway. So, so they won't insure a roof over 10 years old. They don't like it. But what's happening to the insurance companies too in Florida is a lot of people, they'll have the roof and it's aged and it's going to start to fail. Because of the moisture and stuff? It just is. And then you have a storm come along and it knocks some shingles off. And then they, a certified roofer who benefits if they put a new roof on your house comes and said, yep, your roof's bad from the storm. And then the insurance company pays for the new roof. And then pretty soon the insurance companies can't afford, you know, that's 20 $25,000, No, I mean, it makes sense. And then the insurance companies can't afford to do business. So I, they got to figure that all out. Dad and I- But you were saying something. Did you, did you complete your thought about like how socialist it's become? Oh, I was going to tell you this. Um, so dad and I always get flood insurance because- in You're my, in a flood zone, right? No, we are not in a flood zone. Oh, we're not either. I have, I have lived in a flood zone before. Okay. Um, but I'm going to go clear back to 1987 in Centralia, Washington. Um. We lived just outside the 100-year floodplain, but Centralia has had... What, can you explain for people what that is? Well, the, the Army Corps of Engineers, they, um, they determined the levels and the floodwaters and the trends would have hap- that have happened over, over time, and they have a flood map that says where you're located in different flood zones. Well, back in 19... I think we built that house in 1981. Anyway, we were not in a flood zone. We were outside the 100-year flood zone. But over time, for example, in Centralia, Washington, um, they, the rivers, the silt from all the logging would come oh. and, and fill the rivers. Yeah, that makes sense. Which okay. when the water comes, then, then the, the spill, levels raise. The, the levels raise because of the spillway. And then they have lots of areas. Well, and it's softer and it can break more easily because the silt, right? Sure. Okay. I'm not sure I understand that question, but I'm going to say yes. But because the next part well, of that silt was- silt is very soft versus like clay, which is hard and stays in yeah, place. Yeah. Well, when you, when you log, when you log areas, the, the trees hold the dirt in. But if you take all the trees away, oh. there's nothing to hold the dirt in. And so it comes down- It doesn't have strong walls to, or strong borders. Right. And, and, the, and the water sweeps it down to the lowest point, which are the waterways, which then when the rain comes, there's less- place for the water to spurt and so right. the water levels raise. Um, but anyway, so also during that time, uh, they lots of fill dirt. They'd done lots of filling in Centralia and that's continued dramatically more since we built our house in 1981. Right. And so in 1987, our house flooded. We'd built a new house. We had oak floors, redwood walls. It, it was really pretty. And you know, there's other That's the house that Alicia lives in now, right? No, no, no. It's a different house. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, over by the hospital. But anyway, we went out in a rowboat and- Because it flooded. It flooded. And, 
you know, it flooded all around our house and pretty soon the toilet started backing up. The tub starts backing up. I'm walking on the floor and I can feel my carpets all mushy. Oh no. And, you know, we took the important things out. We put everything up as high as we could. We took the drawers out, but, but it flooded. So back then FEMA came in uh-huh. and, and helped us um, oh a little bit <laughs> and they helped the area. But, uh, so fast forward. We're, Wait, but you had flood insurance or you didn't? We did not have <gasps> flood insurance oh. because we weren't in the floodplain. Okay. So that was my first exposure to flooding. Fast forward to 2010, we moved to Florida. Yeah. And then we bought um, a house that was in a floodplain. So we got flood insurance. You're talking about at- The at, house on Sawmill. Really? Mm-hmm. Wait, on Sawmill, not the one at Summer House? Um, Summer House had a condominium policy, I think. Oh, did I? I don't know. We didn't. We had, we insured inside of our walls. Okay. That makes sense. So this is what happened. I want to, I'm going to fast forward to- In Sawmill. Yes. But I'm going to fast forward to the reason I think it's socialism. Okay. Tell me. Because at this house in Nocatee, we don't need to have flood insurance. We're not in a flood zone. I just- Uh, You have gotten water in that house before though. In Nocatee? But it was because of the hurricane winds. It was through the vent. The, we just had some water because it blew the, the that's not flood. No, I know that's that, not flood. Yeah, flood insurance wouldn't have even helped us. We had some water during a hurricane blow in through the vents. And, um, but it wasn't bad. It wasn't horrible. No. Um, but it was bad waking up at eight o'clock in the morning. It was black outside and the trees were bent over sideways. But it's terrifying. That was a whole different thing. Yeah. So, so I called my insurance agent because we had flood insurance there just for my peace of mind. It was 300, then it went to 600 a year. Yeah, and I thought, wow, I have big deductibles. I always have big deductibles because I never make claims. It's just a peace of mind. So then it went up, I think it went up to like $1,800. What? And I called and I'm like, what is going on? And the lady was really nice how she explained it. And she said, well, there are people who use it and need it more. And there are people who need it less. And we're kind of evening it out. It's a government program. So- so that everyone can afford flood insurance. And I said, wait, let me understand this. So the people who don't need it as much are helping pay for the people who need it more. (laughs) Yes. And I said, isn't that kind of like socialism? Yes. Okay. So then we didn't get flood insurance. Oh, so you don't have flood insurance anymore? No. Through the, the government policy. But now what's happened is some private companies have started providing flood insurance for people who need it less to take care of this problem. Because there's no way on earth I don't need flood insurance that I'm going to pay $1,800 a year yeah. because the deductible is really high. That's over $100 a month, mom. Yeah. So anyway, that's kind of one of the things. And insurance agents, if you're hearing that's this and I'm wrong, That's $150 a month. You know, message us. But Wait, am I wrong? Is that $150 a month? That's, That's ridiculous. That so anyway, some private companies are starting to offer flood insurance for less high-risk individuals, which would be us. But um, anyway. So remember that house that Casey and I were looking at that we really, really, really loved? Oh gosh, loved? I loved it. It was high up. It was built like on stilts. It was. On farm property. But you know, do you know how much the flood insurance was going to be a year? Because it was like in like the, the highest flood zone you could get. How much? It was going to be like four thousand dollars. Oh gosh, a year, and we were like, "There's no, we can't afford that." No, that was a really neat house, but when it, it had four or five bedrooms, I think it only had two bathrooms, but 
it we loved it. Yeah, no, it was you would have been buying a lifestyle there because yeah, it was a really it was on like an acre or two kind of a life. Yeah. It was neat. And it, you know, it wasn't as much land as we wanted, but it was really great and there was a pond on it. Mm-hmm. Granted, I think I would have been dealing with a lot more snakes and I don't do snakes, but No, cuz we killed a snake. Oh. I mean, we said goodbye to a snake last night forever. Why are you not saying we killed the snake? Well, I don't know. Some people don't like that you kill snakes, but it was a copperhead. Guys, yeah, it was hiding. It was not a copperhead. It was a cottonmouth. Oh, was it? Yeah, remember? Okay. Miss um, Miss Trudy told us. Oh, that's right. She said, because at first I thought it was a pygmy, but you can just look at a snake and tell if it's a bad snake. And this one had that bad look. Because we don't, we don't kill snakes if they're, if they're, if they're not venomous. No, but there's little children at, at Mario's house. Yeah. And he was hiding we so we were having this birthday party last night and he was hiding under the car and um excuse me what are you doing sorry i just realized your volume was down Uh oh but no no it's okay i mean it's just do you see where like i'm like really loud and you're not oh well that's probably good i bet you wish you could do that when i was growing when you were growing up turn turn you up I used to always say I wish you were on the radio so I could turn you off. Oh my gosh, mom. Okay, anyway. But uh, so anyway, everybody's coming up to the birthday party, Mario's birthday party last night. And your sister and brother-in-law come in and like, hey, there's a snake out there. And he's hiding under the tire of the van and you have to walk right by him. Yeah, Mario and I are convinced we both walked by him because Mario and I are like, hug, do we see each other? And we're like, hey, hi. And... Alas, there was a snake because that was only like 10 minutes after Mario and I had gotten there. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, you take a, a heavy metal metal rake. One person takes the metal rake and holds it down and the other person takes a shovel and there you go. And now there is one less cotton mouth in the world. It stunk. Yeah. It was but really stinky um, when okay. dad chopped off the head. No. <laughs> but he's gone. He's gone. So there you go. I hope the audio is going to sound fine. I hope so. In the beginning. (laughs) I'm sorry, everyone. I hope hope so, too. I did something bad this weekend, Hannah. What did you do? I'm I'm quite a Karen now. I feel really bad. No, please don't be a Karen. Why are you a Karen? Well, there's this really, really, really nice gas station. I love to go there. No, don't tell this story. I hate this story. Do you really? Um, It's people will get a hoot out of it, but. Okay. I'm sorry. We'll hear it. You guys, I'm old and my house is clean and I think everybody should do their best at a job. And there's this gas station and I won't say where, but it's really new and really nice. And first of all, I was walking, I I was doing a four mile walk and it was just, I I got to the gas station right before the rain hit. And there's this cool, cool area. I mean, they spent thousands of dollars. Like a neat patio type area. It's a neat patio. And they have an ice cream bar and there's supposed to be this door so you can go in and out and enjoy it and feel all bougie. Even ice cream bar? Yeah, it's nice. Have they always had that? Um, I think they put it in maybe a year ago. Oh, wait. Are you talking about the one right near your house By or the, the school, other one? By the high school. Oh, that one. Got it. Yep. And so I get there before the rain hits and it's so dirty. It's all gross, gross, gross. You can tell it's been gross for days. There's yeah. dirty ice cream that has become part of the tables. Guys, and this is not like a bad part of town. Like this is a really nice area. Yeah, And I I went in and I was nice. I was nice, Barbie. And I'm like, hi. And it's pouring <laughs> the rain and I look hi. like a sweaty brown rat. And I'm like, who, who takes care of the outside of your patio? Oh, we just get around to it when we have a chance. 
And I said, meanwhile, she mom said that nobody was doing anything. They were just chilling. They were just all chatting. Not my business. And yes, I'm Karen. And yes, I'm sorry. And I should have kept my mouth shut, especially because we're going to have lady etiquette on here in a couple weeks. And she would be disturbed by what I'm going to tell you. Uh-huh. But I said, um, well, it doesn't look like anybody's had a chance in a long time. Can I please have some rags and spray? Because... I can't walk and it's raining and I'm bored. Which at that point, I would have been so embarrassed. I would have, like, if I were one of the workers, I would have been like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, let me go clean that for you. And and they got out one rag and some spray. And I said, oh, no, 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 no. I said, I've been a mom for a long time. It's going to take way more rags than that. I said, this stuff is stuck on there good. Oh, man. And um, so I went out and I cleaned all the tables and picked up all the food off the ground and cleaned it up. And in the meanwhile, it's pouring the rain and I have to go through the rain because they've got the side door shut, which it was designed to not be shut, but it's by the high school. So they have the side door shut. Yeah, they have it locked. So you can't go in and out. I what, what time of the day was it? Three. That's weird. Yeah. That should be open because I think there's a policy where at like 9 p.m. some of them close it just for like safety yeah. reasons. Anyway, I came back and I had cleaned all the tables and um, I gave them their spray back. Yeah. Also, mom, your phone is killing me. It keeps on buzzing. Can you tell me what's on there that's so fun? Why? Would everybody important? like to be part of my life? Lizzie is going to pick up my car. Should I plan to meet you at the house by nine? Yes. That's what I said. Nine o'clock. Oh my gosh, mom, be nice. <laughs> I said, I promise I'll be home at nine. <laughs> You're such a turd. <laughs> I'm a lot. Okay. Anyway, are, be glad that I'm not your mother. This is why we die when we get older is become, because we become too much. <laughs> You've learned too much and you are then tired. Yes. So guys, if Hannah's feeling bad and she's doing the podcast all alone because I've gone on to other pastors, be happy for her because I've become too much. Um, um, you're fantastic, mom, and I love you. Thank you. Speaking of too much, what do you think about the cocaine in the White House? Mom, I don't even know how that's possible. Like we have been to Washington D.C. and and dreamt of going into the White House, but the security is so strict, or so it was. You can't even get up to the. You know how you used to be able to walk up to the fence and at least like peek in, put or your stick hand, a hand on in. the other side to say, "Oh, I was on the White House grounds." You can't even put your hand through. I there think you would get shot. Yeah, I don't but know why yet, I said it like shot, but, <laughs> but yet there's a place at the White House that they can't possibly figure out, which I call baloney. Yeah. Here's another thing. Okay. What was it? Don't they have like dogs too? Like when you first come in, like, but I guess not if you're, do you know, there's only probably one exception for that. This is all speculation, by it's the way. It's all speculation. We of course have no idea, but you know what? Everything, everything in DC is somehow monitored. The whole city is on video camera and there's listening devices and. It's like the safest city around, supposedly. Uh, I mean, that, it's well, not the feel, safest. That feels creepy to say. Okay, but... If everything's monitored. <laughs> well, no, it does feel creepy, but I just can't imagine. So this is my thought. If if you're the president and you know that your son is going to be targeted as it being their fault, wouldn't you say, I don't care what it takes. Don't close this investigation. Find out whose cocaine it was because I want somebody to know it wasn't my son. Yeah, I would. But there were 500, like, suspects, and they didn't find out who. And did they interview any of them? 
You guys were talking about this and I got interrupted. Did I don't, they, I don't think so. Anyway, I was highly bothered because the day they found it, they, you know, you don't have really time to just dive into the investigation. And then by the time they announced it, I thought they didn't even have 10 days. And then there were holidays and weekends. I, I'm curious how much time they spent investigating. Yeah. That's just, it's weird. I don't know. And <laughs> did you hear Donald Trump Jr.? No. What People did he say? were apparently trying to say that like it was somehow his or something. I heard something like that. Right. He's like, I haven't been there in three years. He goes, also, I don't do cocaine. Yeah. No, it's just, that was all interesting. Well, I mean, I don't know if he said that I don't do cocaine part, but I think that was added in there. He's a silly dude. He says what he wants. Yeah. But anyway, I was really bothered and I, I can't believe the audacity of just giving it up that quickly. Yeah. Can you, I just. And you know what really threw me what? is when they initially announced it where it was found and then they decided it was found somewhere else, a high, high, very, very high traffic area. Yeah. That's what it was confusing to me too. And I thought, well, that's sure suspicious because don't you think there's a lot of conversation before you put it out to the public first and then after it's put out to the public and you know there's been a lot of conversations, you say, wait, 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 wait. It was found somewhere else. Yeah. Mom, you know it. How it's dumb do fishy. they think the American people are? And who is they? I don't even know. I don't know. That's but, interesting. But who are we? We just, we're common folk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so done with you. Okay, what's next, All Mom? Right. My next thing is, so, oop, I said that word again. Mom, it doesn't matter. I do not care. <laughs> sound of freedom. Oh, we already talked about sound No, of we're not going to talk about sound of freedom. Okay. We're going to talk about the fact that Disney wouldn't do sound of freedom. Netflix wouldn't do sound of freedom. But I'm listening. Disney Plus is all excited that they're going to put out the movie called Pauline. Okay. Have you heard about Pauline yet? I feel like I might have, but I feel like it's only being released in Germany. I, I don't know where. Well, it says new, new German Disney Plus original series, Pauline. It's a, so it's a series, not a movie. Right. But it's about... It's about this 18-year-old girl, and she's got school stress and cl the climate crisis and the downfall of society weighing on her. And so she has a one-night stand with Lucas, who ends up being the devil. That's And so... she gets pregnant. And then here's the crazy thing. She says it's a one-night stand, but then the show's supposed to be about their ongoing relationship. Huh. And I'm thinking, what is wrong with this? But Disney Plus, they are... Um, they're trying to move more towards all ages content. So apparently- Is that why? Yes. Apparently this show is not targeted- For children? For children, but- Regardless, but like, it's just kind of, it's evil and I don't, I don't like that. Now, granted, that's from a Christian standpoint, well, but still- Well, if you have like, a one night stand with the devil- What? I mean, if you believe in the devil, it's a bad thing. Yeah, no, I agree. No, it's not It's good. just, it's weird. Well, this, I read this as a quote. Um, Though it is targeted towards adults, the creator feels it could still impact children. Is the cre creator okay with that or? Well, the creator is the same person who um, the put out the movie Croyman, How to Sell Drugs Online, and Bubba. Mm -hmm. So anyway. I'm so sorry. I'm having to move you away because I have no room. I'm sorry. Push me away. 
But the pregnancy apparently gives Pauline superpowers and an epic battle. But I feel like that wouldn't be superpowers. I feel like that would be, okay, I'm listening. supposedly an epic battle between good and evil ensues. I don't like that. So I'm a little conflicted. Yeah, I'm not conflicted at all. I don't like that. my, My conflict is why a streaming service would that is reject prim- hmm? that is primarily for children or at least they're still banking on the name Disney right would reject helping children but would embrace this project so there that you is have it quite quizzical anyway just my opinion yeah so that's, that's weird that. mom that was so dramatic <laughs> I, was I feel dr- like I'm all over the place today guys I know my mom is the star of this podcast today and I am so okay with it I'm so sorry. No. I'm not here right now. You're doing great. I'm sorry that you have to drive far because you guys moved. We have to I have to drive so far, Mom. It's not even funny. And last night we didn't get home till like eleven thirty. I'm sorry. It's okay. But it's what it is. It is what it is. Okay, sorry. Can we talk about Louis Armstrong now? Yeah. I you know what? I want you to tell me about him. Okay, he's so interesting. The reason I'm interested in Louis Armstrong is I love ambiance and and history. Yeah. And I want to go, here I'm talking about controversy and now I want to go to New Orleans for Fat Tuesday. So yes, I'm a conflict in itself. I get it. <laughs> but Louis Armstrong is an interesting, interesting man. So talented. Things I learned about him. I know I have all these notes, but I'm not really going to read them. Um, okay. He was born in 1901. He said he was born in 1900, though. Yes, he's all over the place. So There's he said he was never very good about dates. And his mother was either 15 or 16, because apparently that wasn't a big deal. But he was born in New Orleans in Jane Alley, which is um, an area of New Orleans. But his mother, grandmother, Josephine, had been a slave, mm-hmm. and she was strict and loving, and sounds like she was very solid and, and good in his life. But in any way, uh, they moved to Storyville, which was a very rough neighborhood of the battlefield in New Orleans. And um, that's where he grew up. He grew up in a really tough neighborhood. Um, and this was after his his mom and dad were never married. Um Oh, they weren't. I no. thought they were. They weren't? No. they were. I thought it was like a common marriage or something like that. No, he was around for a while. He had left and then he came back. And Oh, and then there was the older, the, the younger sister. Yeah, and that was Beatrice. She was about 18 months younger. But by the way, we call him Louis Armstrong. If, if you were calling him what he wanted to be called, it was Louis. He did not call himself. Really? Louis. He called himself Louis. He said, the white people call me Louis but he called himself Lewis. Really? I didn't know that. So it's kind of disrespectful even to this day. It kind of is, but he had a lot of, he said in those neighborhoods, there were a lot of, um, a lot of nicknames. Like he said- Like Satchmo. Yes. Well, and Dipper and Pops. I saw that. And Dipper, he got Dipper because he said that they would um, have their water in a bucket and he'd take and he could drink a whole Dipper. And so they'd call him Dipper- because he'd, he'd dip and drink the whole dipper and you were supposed to put it in a glass. But, you know, if you're being bad, you just dip Oh, my in. goodness. Kind of like Casey with the milk at home. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that's true. Ugh. And did you know Satchmo, where it came from? No. He had a really big, big mouth. Right. And they'd tease him about it and they'd call him Satchel Mouth. Really? See, like I always thought- Like a satchel, it, like a purse. That's so funny because I always thought when I was younger and learning about um, Louis Armstrong, I, I always thought that it was because he had kind of a scratchy voice. And so I was thinking like satch, scratch. No. And I had like, that's why I thought. No, the, the scratchy voice came, um, 
when he was 17, I think he was 17 years old, he was invited to play on a, um, he played the coronet. Originally, he started out on the coronet, but he played on a riverboat and he played and it was really cold and he would, he drove through it so much that he did damage to his voice. And then in, in the thirties, he had surgery to try to help his vocal cords. He had two surgeries and they just made it worse. Wow. And that's where he got his gravelly voice. Then how voice. can we all love it so much? It, it you know what? It was a blessing in disguise. Well, because his pitch is still great, even though he was scratchy. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of that and, and, and pops and, and that kind of thing. But they, he lived in extreme poverty and, um, but they all took care of each other in the neighbor, in the neighborhood. And Talk- but his grandma, his grandma would send him to go cut a switch and she'd say, that switch ain't big enough to get rid of all the sin you got. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. And so there's still a building. Um, it's the Eagle building and they've tried it several times. And I tried to look up on the internet. I'm going to have to look when we go, but it's the Eagle building. He okay. hung out there a lot. It's on the corner of Rampart and Perdido street. Okay. And you know, that's kind of the birthplace of jazz. And wow. And Louis Armstrong gets credited with that. But so when he was, um, his dad got run off when he was about six years old, but he ended up when he was seven years old. Got run off or w- ran off? Well, he ran off because okay. he was. Because the there is a difference. Well, that's true. There is a difference. Um, but there was this Jewish family, the Karnofskis, uh-huh. that he worked for. I when heard he that. Was seven years old. Right. And they were peddlers. They'd go around town and they'd, whatever they could get, they'd buy it and then they, they'd sell it. And they used to blow horns to draw attention to their wagon of goods. But the horns weren't horns like you think of today. They, what was it? It was called something. Let me see if I can find the name of a skiffle, skiffle music, where they used items that were homemade as instruments to play um, different genres of folk music and that kind of thing. So whatever you could find to blow on could be an intr- instrument. And that's- Kind of like a duder. Yeah, a deuter. Okay, so this is a funny thing in our family. A deuter is a toilet paper roll or a, a paper towel roll. And that we, doesn't have any paper towels or and toilet you go, paper left on it. So we called them deuter because they made neat noises. But anyway, skiffle music is a thing. Um, and they had something called spasm bands, but they would just find different things and play music on them. And it was folk music with an influence of blues, Dixieland, country, jazz. Anyway, like that. that was the birthplace of jazz. So the Karnofskis were this Jewish, white Jewish family. Which they were also not super well off either, right? No, they were extremely poor. Which how did they afford like Louis's family? It was just Louis. Oh, I thought it was. No, no, no. He, he would go work for them and, and they would pay him. And then in the daytime, they, they would go collect things and sell things. And then at night, he would go around to the brothels. They had a lot of brothels in the area he was from. And he would deliver coal. And for a little extra money, he would start the fires in the brothels. And he would laugh. And, you know, he had that laugh. And he says, I'd be starting a fire and I might take a little look. Oh my gosh. As like a little boy. He, he said, he was about seven. He says, I'd see him in there. He says, I guess they call him Teddy's now. Or, oh my gosh. Mom, is, did you listen to like a real interview? We, I, I listened to books. I listened to interviews and there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of different interview material if you go online. Yeah. Cause he died in 1971, right? Yep. And there's a lot of material online that you can get where he's 
actually talking. And this is how cool he was. Um, and I'll get back to that because I'm kind of going out of order. But Mr. Karnofsky taught him the importance of playing with emotion. That's really important. And and what So he, wait, they taught him how to play um instruments? Well, as because they were friends for such a long time, they taught him the importance of emotion with your music. And what Louis Armstrong would say in later years is if you play with emotion, you'll never get lost in your music. You you'll know where you're going. Right. Because you're following your music. You're not just playing a song, but you're following the emotion. Yeah. And that's how he was able to inf- improvise so much over the years. But, um, you know, they made him feel like a family and, and he loved all of that. And they nurtured him a lot, right? They nurtured him. And Morris Karnofsky, uh, years later, he went on to open, um, when that business kind of folded up, he went on to open the first jazz record shop in New Orleans. Wow. And it was, it existed there and was on the historical, um, landmarks until, uh, 2021 when Hurricane Ida took it out. Oh, that sucks. But, uh, so... Time would go on and Louis Armstrong, he started his own band with some other boys. Okay. And he would get, collect coins, you know, people would pay him. Right. To play music on the streets. And that went pretty good. And he did that for a while. How old was he when he was doing that? He was 10 because when he was 11, he'd, he was pretty naughty. Was he? When he was 11, one boy had a cop, a cap gun and it was New Year's Eve. What's a cap gun? Is that like um, the oh, one he, that shoots blanks? Wait a minute. You don't know what a cap gun is. Is it not like a shoot, it shoots blanks? Oh gosh. So cap guns, when I was a little girl, they had a hammer, a little play pistol had a hammer and you'd have these, this roll of what we, yeah. And, and it's like be, what Dominic got. No, Dominic doesn't have any caps. It, it has a little gunpowder and you shoot it and there was a powder pad and it would advance the, the little roll of powder right. pads and you'd hit it and it would, snap the yeah, gun, the gunpowder. nothing would actually come out. It would just be a, a little like A little smoke. snap. Yeah, a little smoke. Yeah, that's what Dominic has one. Oh, he or does. He, he did at okay. least. Yeah. Well, anyway, one of the yeah, boys had a cap gun. Okay. And they'd gotten done performing for the night and it's New Year's Eve and that little boy thought he was something else with his cap gun. Well, Louis Armstrong's mom, she had to make ends meet and she was a prostitute. Oh. Quite, quite often. He didn't, he didn't say it like that. He's like... Different ones would come home at night and they'd knock at our door and we'd have to turn over or we'd have to, Aww. they only had a one room house. And he says, sometimes she'd just go away. And he says, everybody was my pappy, but he says, I always had a different pappy, you know. That makes me want to cry. And, and it was very sad, but it's, he said, she always held her head up high. He said, she made ends meet. And the only time I think he ever really remembered crying was when she died. Wow. When he was an older Because man. he knew like the sacrifice she had to make for the family. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so one of his pappies uh, had left a gun at their house and he took the gun out of the box and he had blanks in it and he shot that into the air and they thought that was something. So he shot it into the air again. And about then a police officer grabbed him and took him to juvenile court and he had to go to, what'd they call it? There was a name for it. Um, It was a home for... Wayward boys. colored waifs was oh, what it was sad. called. It was sad, but he attributes that to his success because this man- It was the structure he needed. It was the structure. Uh, there was a man named um, Peter Davis that ran the boys' home in a military fashion. He taught the boys how to make beds, cook a meal, clean garden. There was corporal punishment, but uh, he was there for 18 months and he had a band. This, this uh, at, at the boys' house. Yeah, and it was a privilege, but Peter Davis didn't really like- 
Louis Armstrong that much. And so he really had to get himself in check. And it was about, he'd listen, he'd dream about that band. And after about six months, he got invited to be in the band, but he didn't play a horn because Louis really wanted to play a horn, but he started out with tambourine and then he, you know, went on and on until finally he got a cornet he could play. And he played and practiced and played and practiced. And finally, they used to do little march. They could be a marching band. Mm -hmm. And they did a march right by where his mother's house was. They had these makeshift uniforms. And usually people would give him candies or treats as a thank you for doing a good job playing. Mm -hmm. But they were so good that people put out hats and they collected money and they collected enough money to... um, to buy new uniforms for the band. Wow. So finally, after he'd been in there about um, 18 months, his father, who had never really paid much attention to his life, yeah, um, if he had a powerful white man, the, and this is sad, I'm just telling it the way, because you hear him talking and he talks with that laugh. He always had a laugh and a smile when he talked. Did he have, was he one of those old guys that had the twinkle in their eye? Always a twinkle in his eye. He had, <laughs> except for when we go forward to um, civil rights movement, he didn't have any twinkles in his eye about that. Mm. But uh, anyway, his dad helped him get out of, out of the, uh, the home, but he never really embraced him. So he lived with his dad for a while, but it didn't go well. So he, he well, how could it, he rejected him for the first 11 years of his life. Yeah. And he kind of didn't really embrace him then, but he helped him get out. So I don't, you know, I can research that a little bit more, but anyway, so he ended up back at his mother's and that wasn't going great because then he was left to his own nonsense. Yeah. So, um, but he started playing more music because he had, one of the things he said is when he was in the boy's home, it forced him to pay attention and learn something. Okay. And finally though, in fifth, he quit You'll see conflicting resources that say he got an eighth grade education, but everything I mostly read said fifth grade education. Okay. But he liked learning and he taught himself a lot. It was interesting. But also, you know, he's playing music and he said, I was the only one in the family that had two nickels to rub together. But his cousin, you know, all the family was close and took care of each other. His cousin, Flora, would go up with some bad kids and there was... um, a white guy who was up to no good and he'd ask him a question that nobody could of course answer because he had it planned that way. And if they couldn't answer the question, of course they had to do something else. Like, and yeah. And he said, he had a way of saying it. So you knew what was going on. And he said, I never saw anybody have a baby before, but she got rounder and rounder until finally one day during the storm of 1915, I came home and she'd had a, had a baby laying there on the bed. And, uh, um, she ended up dying two months later. Why? Um, he didn't know if the the shock of the storm, her bad health, having the baby, but she she died. Did the and baby die too? No, his name was Clarence and Louis mentally adopted him and took care of him, financially took care of him all of his life. Oh, that makes me want to cry. And when he got older, he he adopted him. He said Clarence always called him his father and he, called, he legally adopted him. He always took care of him. And you'll see through his whole life, whatever Louis was going on, he always took care of Clarence. But when he was three, so Clarence, so Louis married, when he was 17, he married um, a prostitute named Daisy. What? He was married four times. Oh my gosh. Okay. But uh, he's scared of Daisy because she had a blade. And if he misbehaved, she, she might take out after him. So he finally was able to get out of that relationship. Oh my goodness. But uh it was just interesting. Wait, I'm so curious though. So when, how old was he when he, he started taking care of Clar- Clarence? 
I think 14 or 15. Oh, he was He young. started supporting him. Like like Flora's sister, I think, helped and, and different ones would help. But he made sure he was provided for. And then when he married Daisy, Clarence lived with them. And this was a sad thing. So when... They lived up in something. The porches in New Orleans weren't called porches. They were called a gallery. And it kind of slipped. So the water would run off the porch and it would kind of run out. But one day it was raining terrible, terrible. And Clarence was playing with his toys. But all of a sudden they heard this wailing. He'd gone out on the gallery porch on the second story and he'd fallen off. And by the time <gasps> they came out, he's just wailing, screaming, coming up the stairs. And he's three. And he'd fallen off the second story. He'd fallen off the second story. Under the sidewalk. And Louis always tried to do everything he could for him, but it, he said it made him feeble-minded. But if you go through and you well, look... It broke his brain? Yeah. It was very, very <sighs> sad. But that makes Louis, me want to puke. But all, Louis, you can hear him. He can talk and everything. But he said he was always about four years behind all the other kids. Okay. And you hear him talk. I heard some... Um, some of Clarence talk? Clarence talking. And because and Louis was really excited because he'd have tape recorders and stuff. And he loved, okay, now you interview me. He'd say, he, you could tell he really loved him and it made my heart happy. That makes me happy. But uh, anyway, so finally, this one fella named... Uh, what was his name? King Joe. He was a, a horn player. And Joe Oliver went to play in Chicago and he brought... Um, he kind of parented uh, Louis Armstrong too, and he got him to go play in a Creole band up in Chicago. Oh, cool. And did really good, and Louis got good. He got very good. Um, and then this gal came and played piano, and she was pretty classy, and she had an eye for Louis Armstrong, so he divorced that. Daisy? Daisy, and he ended up with Lil, and Lil kind of ran his career. And at the same time, he had an affair with Alpha, I think her name was. He always kind of had an on-off affair with Alpha. What? So I don't know, but... He's like King Charles with... What's her I, name? I know, I know, but Alpha knew how to dress because Lil, she made fun of... Louis didn't know how to dress very good, but I think Alpha had an effect on him dressing good. But uh, oh my gosh. she ran his career and got him into New York. And in New York, a lot of the... I think this is where this happened, where the bands, the, the motion pictures didn't have sound. Sound, yeah. So you'd have different music sesh sections. And when he first got into it, he was still playing cornet really well, but they needed um, they needed a horn player. Right. They wanted him to play trumpet. So he, he was afraid of it at first, but he got good at the He's trumpet. He's a great trumpeteer. Yes. Trumpeter, trumpeter, trumpeteer? Trumpeter? I don't know. I know. Okay. They got good. And anyway, then one of the things that they discovered what happened is Papa Joe, even though he... Joe Oliver always um, was loving and cared about him. He was kind of skimming off everybody's pay. Mm -hmm. And he would never, even though Louis Armstrong deserved it, would never let him be lead trumpet because Joe Oliver liked to be King Joe. And Louis loved him. So he wanted him to be King Joe, but he thought it was would be reciprocated. And so he's kind of hurt. So he went off to New York. Mm -hmm. Did great in New York. But then he went back to Chicago. Okay. And somewhere along the way... King Joe didn't know that he, Louis had learned how to read music. And he was Lil. He's still married to Lil. Mm -hmm. Lil got him headlined in Chicago as world's greatest trumpet player. And at one of these affairs, it, he, Louis Armstrong said, there was always every, every dime and nickel trumpet player was always contesting you and going to challenge you. But one day at some event, 
King Joe came up and he had a piece of music and he put it up and he challenged him in front of a bunch of people Mm -hmm. to play the trumpet. And Louis Armstrong looked at the piece for a minute. He says, I was sweating. I was sweating. (laughs) And I looked at that piece of music and I lifted my trumpet and I played like I'd never played. And I got done and I looked at Joe. He says, well, boy, I guess, you know, I guess you made it. Yeah. And he said, but it should have felt good. He said, but it didn't feel good. He said, I felt like a punk. But he wasn't being a punk in real life. Like, honestly, King Joe was. Yeah, but he. Because, but it didn't feel good because Joe had always looked out for him. and, and But that, it didn't seem like Joe was really looking out for him. It kind of looked like he was, like, jealous of him and then trying to, like, make him look like a fool in front of everyone. I, I don't know what that was. It was Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I get it. I get it completely, and I, and I don't know what that was, but... Um, couple things else that was interesting too. So he was really known for hitting those high C's. And one night they said within- On the trumpet or with his voice? With the trumpet, which were really hard. And and his first trumpet, it was a bigger mouthpiece. So it was harder on his lips. And then it got to be smaller, but he Mm -hmm. was really known and he called it his chops. And and the way he talked and jiving. Mm -hmm. But anyway, he would get severe calluses on his lips. I remember that's why I quit the trombone. Yeah. Well, you had braces and then that. But he would take a razor blade to his calluses (gasps) and he put special salves on them. You're kidding. But when he was in New York, he got a different different, um, manager. And the manager was just, didn't care about anything, but keeping him working, keeping him working. And he was um, not always doing right financially by him either. And so he got, finally, he got his lips really, really hurt and he had to heal. And he ended up hiring this uh, white guy that was the manager and his good friend for the rest of his life. And he said a lot of the white managers would never ride on the bus with the band if they were, if they were um, darker skinned. Why? And he said, but his manager, he said he was my friend and he was so sad when he died years later. He rode on the bus with him like... The manager, should, died like, before, been. the manager died before Lewis did. Yeah. But, okay, so you like to scat. You always thought scatting was really interesting. I, I did, but I wouldn't do that here, but yes. Yes. Well, so there's a song that Louis Armstrong, when you first started recording a record or recording on plastic, you had to record clear through. You couldn't stop. Right. You couldn't start again. You had to record clear through. So when he recorded the song, I think it's heebie-jeebies maybe. Okay. Um he dropped his music. Oh no. And he forgot part of it. So he just, um, he scatted, he improvised. And for those of you who don't know what scatting is, it's like, do wop bop it up, boop bop up. Yeah, it's, it's, that, that, that was good, mom. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not a scatter, but I think it sounds so fantastic. And uh, anyway, that's kind of how it started. And although there were other people, I don't know that he claimed he was the one to start scatting. But he's the one I think that made it popular. He's the one who made it popular and he's the first one to do it on a recording. Yeah. And um, anyway, he played in Harlem one time when he was in Baltimore, I think it was. Was it in Baltimore? People were so poor. I feel like I'm taking a class and I'm really enjoying this. I'm sorry. <laughs> but it was so interesting. People were so, so poor and they couldn't afford coal, Whoa. let alone to pay to come to his shows. And there was, I think it was the was Royal it when Theater. He would, was it when he would sit on like the like terraces or like the little like, you know, like where the, where the window would open, like the small porches and he would like play for people that like couldn't afford it? Or am I going crazy? No, no. I'm sure he did stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But this was one night 
he, people were freezing. They couldn't afford, I believe it was in the thirties, but they couldn't afford even um, coal. And so he bought a ton of coal and had it delivered to the, the lobby of the Royal Theater. And all the people got to come and, uh, and get coal. That's really cool. And, and that's really were, cool. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you know, he, he remembered specifically one boy that reminded of seven-year-old him coming and with the biggest smile, getting all this coal as much as he could carry and, and, and whatnot. And he, so they could be warm. He remembered being happy that at least tonight he'll be warm. Yeah. And so I thought that was, I think that's so so cool how he gave back because he grew up with literally nothing. Oh, poorer than poor. Yeah. And, uh, I, I thought that was fantastic. Yeah. And so the, the little poor boy from New Orleans that all these different things happened. In 1964, he recorded the song, Hello Dolly, and it knocked the Beatles <laughs> off the charts for number one. How incredible is it that? It was Can't Buy Me Love. It was, the, you know, so that was kind of exciting. And whenever he signed, he loved red beans and rice. Really? Before he married- That is very, um, okay. His fourth wife and his last wife, everybody said that was the wife he should have always had because she was a homemaker and took care of him. He still had an affair too. Because oh he gosh. ends up having a daughter with- Louis. That he loved. He loved his wife that he had and he loved his mistress. But uh, apparently just too much love to give, huh? He had a lot of love. But he always signed his, and he did a lot of writing for a boy who only had a fifth grade, educa- grade education. He wrote a couple books. He wrote music books, how to, you know- he just did so much with his life. But whenever he signed his letters, red beans and ricely yours. <laughs> what? He signed his letters that way? Yep. But when the civil rights, when the civil rights came along and, and when it was the, um, the nine, the Little Rock nine. I don't know. The Little Rock nine. And it's when they were not going to integrate the kids in school. Yeah. And he saw this little girl get spit out in the face because they're trying to integrate. He decided he was done being calm and he really started speaking out. Good for him. And addressing it, he he went and saw President Eisenhower and he was... Angry. So was he really kind of a, a leader in the civil rights movement? He 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 didn't keep his peace about it and he ended up because he used Because he died like pretty soon after. Mm. Nineteen seventy one. Yeah. No, no, he was he was in it he was in it for the long haul. He left. Yeah. No, but I mean pretty soon after like civil rights was kind of like, you know. Yeah, well he died before it was ever the way it sh- should have been. Yeah. Um but anyway, in nineteen fifty seven, President Eisenhower finally um said he would do something about the segregation. Good. And um, because I bet it broke his heart to see that little girl. It it more than broke his heart. He was angry. Yeah. And he said President Eisenhower was two-faced and had no guts for not stepping in. And he declared he would not play at military events overseas until something something was done about it. Yeah. And um, he ended up going overseas and he went to Africa. And they were having a civil war when he went to Africa. And there were over 100,000 people that came to see him and they laid down his guns, their guns. They quit their battle to go hear him. Wow. Yeah, it was it was a big... Spreading peace with music, goodness. Yeah. So anyway, I know I'm going on and on, but I get, here's what happens with me. I get excited. I don't know how anybody could be bored. You just pick a topic and you research it. Yeah. And it's so interesting. And now I'm excited. I want to go to New York. 
where he lived. I don't want to go to New York. I hate New York. No, I want to, I might have a tough time getting dad there. And I want to go, but the main reason is I want to go to New Orleans and I want to see all the jazz places that were impacted. I will say, because I did go, remember I went to um, that jazz camp at NYU. Yeah. When I was in high school and we went to so many cool jazz bars. Um, I forgot you did that. Was that what, your junior year? That was in my... I think it was my senior year. Okay. Um, but because I played jazz piano for the jazz band. Um, and it was really cool. We had to audition to get into it. I remember that. And I thought it was just so stinking neat. Um, but I remember my first time seeing an upright bass and I just thought that was the coolest thing ever. Is that the same as um, like a cello? An upright bass is a cello uh, kind of? But it's way, way, way bigger. Well, I we we went to a, a steak place when you were a little girl that had a, a cello and a piano and had some jazz music. Yeah. Well, and the cello is a lot smaller. Like the bass is like taller than me. Here, I'll show you a picture. Yeah, show me a picture. I'm interested. But uh, sorry, I wasn't trying to push you. <laughs> I, I was anyway, trying to find the mouse. I just uh, I Louis Armstrong was my interesting thing for the week to to kind of look into and um. I hope you enjoyed it because I'm all kinds of interested now. He had health issues and his his uh, doctor said, oh, that's cool. She just showed me a picture of an upright bass. <laughs> see, how, a, see how much bigger it is? Yeah, that's really cool. Okay, yes. Sorry. You were really interested about um, Louis Armstrong. Yeah. And he, oh, he had a daughter with his affair, by the way. So how old was he? In 1955, Sharon. So he was 55 or no, 54? No, no. Well, yeah, 54, 55. He had a daughter with Lucille Sweets Preston. He met her in Harlem. And he, yes, he was married to his wife. His fourth wife. His fourth wife, who he was <laughs> married, you know, from the 40s till 71. He loved her, but he had a little girl named um, Sharon Preston Folta. She lives, I believe, here in Florida. She did. Um, and she put out um, a movie or a documentary called Little Satchmo. Because when he would did write... He, did when, she? When she would write, he would write letters to... Sharon's mother, and when Sharon's mother first found out she was pregnant, Louis Armstrong referred to her as Little Satchmo. As the baby. Yeah. Her, the ba- her <clears throat> as the, the baby as Little Satchmo. Yeah. And uh, anyway, I thought his life was interesting. You have to I don't like all the affairs he had. No, I don't <laughs> like all the affairs he had, but where he came from, that was... It's kind of hard because it's all he saw really growing up. Yeah. Not that, that they were affairs necessarily, like in the way that we see affairs, but... He didn't, he wasn't really exposed to it, but he really loved the home that his fourth wife made for him. Yeah. And he was grateful like for that. Like she felt like home to mm-hmm. him. Yeah. So, um, it was interesting. He Wait, had so he was married issues. to Daisy, to Lil, somebody else, and then his last I wife. Think Alpha. Yeah. Oh, he did get married to Alpha? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. He, but the affair lasted longer than the marriage did. You're kidding me. Do you think that part of their fun was having the affair? I don't know, but uh, he made movies. He was just very charismatic and people thought he was, you know, and it's not for us. I I don't really understand the whole Uncle Tom thing, but a lot of the the different musicians and things, because he would play to segregated crowds, called him an Uncle Tom. Like he was, you know, he'd clown around, but that's how he grew up. And he finally though, when, when things were... He decided to take a stand, and when he took a stand, he took a stand and helped with civil rights. Yeah. Um, That's my take on it anyway. Interesting. Anyway, I thought now you're going to have to check out Louis Armstrong and 
come with me to a... I learned way more from you than I did like from my music teacher growing up. <laughs> well, you, I, I think if you get, you get interested, um, that's, that's half of it is just getting interested. Yeah. Um, but for nearly 10 years, uh, he did not play in his hometown of New Orleans because it did not allow integrated bands. Wow. And he returned in 1965 after, after the Civil Rights Act passed and he triumphantly played with an integrated band in the city's jazz museum. That is amazing. That's really and cool. And he didn't know if the town would remember him, but when his train pulled in... Everyone was waiting everyone there. Everyone was there <laughs> and they had bands and it was really something. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay, well, Mom, I love you. We're at an hour and 12 minutes. Okay, can I tell you the last cool thing, though? Okay, last cool the thing. The Karnofskys, as poor as they were, because he noticed um, racism and how badly his his dear uh, Karnofsky family were, and they were dirt poor. They weren't racist. They were getting treated poorly. They were getting treated poorly. As poor as they were, they loaned him $5 to buy his first I cornet. I saw that. They, they paid him in advance. Yep, and he paid them back. Mm. But that's how he got his first cornet, is yeah. from another poor family that treated him like family. That's anyway, so sweet. I, I thought that was interesting. So. I loved it. I'm glad. And I learned a word, post posthumously. 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 Oh, I'm so glad you're smart. After he death. got the Lifetime Achievement Award in 1972. The, a year after he died? Yes. And in 2017, Louis Armstrong uh, was inducted to the National Rhythm and Blues Hall of Fame. That's pretty cool. And also, in a time when that wasn't as common, he got the Grammy Award for Best Male Vocal for Hello, Dolly. That's really neat. So there you go. All right. Well, everyone, have a fantastic week. We love you. We prayed for you guys before we started our podcast this week. We did. Week. We did. And so we hope you're nice to somebody and you save a seat for somebody that you wouldn't normally think about. And yeah, God bless you all. Okay. Love you guys. Take Bye. Care. Love you. Bye.